The dog is dead. That's the text you received two days ago from your mom. And now you are in your faded four-door sedan, the kind nobody makes a concerted effort to buy, but somehow everybody owns, and are driving home, to their home. The dog, a St. Bernard, is not your dog, or her dog, really. The dog. His dog. The text might as well have said, come home and talk to your father before he dies, too. I-95 is crowded, but flowing steadily, and the gas station coffee you bought is getting cold in the cup holder. You don't really drink coffee, but it seemed like the thing to do for a six-hour drive after work. You think about how cold coffee is traditionally bad, unless you purposely order it cold. Expectation creates happiness. You do not expect much from this weekend. The big fluffy dog is usually the best part of being there. Mm -hmm. Your phone buzzes in the cup holder, and the notification reads, Hey son, wanted to see if you were coming down this weekend. On my way, you respond, knowing he already knows this. You set the phone down, and it buzzes again. Mm -hmm. Don't text and drive, haha. What's the weather like? We have rain here now. Fine, you text back, and put the phone down. Mm -hmm. Another buzz. You ignore it. It's going to be some sarcastic joke followed by a banal question. That's the extent of your relationship. Let it sit in the cup holder. You look up to the dark navy blue SUV you've been behind for the past hour and a half. It merges left to pass an 18-wheeler, and you put on your blinker and do the same. There's a thing you do when driving long distances, since the top 40 on the radio tends to be the top two repeated 20 times. You like to follow behind some car for as long as time allows, and build a strong imaginary bond with them. It requires a little imagination, which helps with the monotony of I-95. Take this dark navy blue SUV. You've imagined an old woman in the front, maybe one of her cats in the back. She's going to visit her husband's grave. He was a Korean War veteran, but she had to be put in a nursing home by her kids, the bastards, and they put her close to their house so they can keep an eye on her. She can't take it anymore, and she breaks out one day, today, and walks to the kid's house, steals the keys, the car, and her cat back, and makes one final ride to see her husband, the only one left who loves her. And you've been behind her for an hour and a half now, silently willing her on, cheering her forward, pushing her towards her goal. Mm -hmm. Your phone buzzes in the cup holder again. And as you glance down at the sound, the dark navy blue SUV changes lanes to the right, no doubt looking to pull off soon. You ignore your phone's request for attention and focus on Ethel, the name you've given to this old wise warrior. She swerves a bit in her lane, and you accelerate on her left, feeling a pang of regret at having to leave Ethel on her own after being together so long. As you sidle up parallel to the dark navy blue SUV, you look across through the window for your final send-off and see a boy and his dad. The dad is playing that game where you put your hands face down and the other person has to slap them, except he also has to drive, so he's playing the game with one hand, and the boy's in the passenger's seat, and he's giggling his heart out, and the dad is too and you're hit with a rush of misplaced nostalgia of a thing you didn't have, like watching a rerun of an old TV show in a waiting room, and the nurse calls your name, but the familiarity of a thing you know you should know makes you ignore her and hold on until at least the commercial break. The dark navy blue SUV starts to veer right, and you see the exit is for a rest stop. You decelerate and take the exit, following behind them in a half daze, like a drunk stumbling out of a bar and knowing the general direction home. They park and get out to use the bathroom. 
you sit in your car, wondering what you're thinking. This is what a creep does, you say. Oh, weirdo. What are you going to do? Talk to them? Just stare? What does this guy think? That you're going to abduct his kid? Did they notice you were following them? No, you're crazy. We, we were driving in the same direction. You let the flurry of thoughts subside. You should talk to them. Congratulate him for being a good father. You noticed it, after all. You get out of the car and step into the sunset-filled rest stop. The vending machines seem like a good place to loiter while they go to the bathroom. They emerge and catch you off guard as you put your second quarter into the machine. Oh, hey there, you say a bit too quickly. I just wanted to say you're a good father. I mean, I, I, you look like a good one. I don't know, I just, I saw you with the kid and I, uh, your kid, and I just... He looks consoling, getting your meaning in spite of the word scramble. He tells you thanks and nods and holds out his hand for the kid to grab. And the kid looks up and does, and they walk back to their SUV, the kid skipping a little. This moment catches you off guard. You lean up against the vending machine as they drive off, thinking about what it takes. Is a hand outstretched a hand worth grabbing, even if it's his? You walk back to your car to check your phone, however banal or annoying the text from your father will most certainly be. The dog is dead, but he is not. And in the rest stop in the sunset, you sit down in your car and lift the phone from the cup holder. The first message is from him. I'm glad you're coming home. The second message is an amber alert for a blue SUV heading south.